Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, June 30th, 2022. When somebody dies or is on their deathbed, it prompts a time of reflection. You see that in society when it was someone famous or somebody that had historical significance, uh, people begin to reflect on that person. Or you see it also more personally when it's somebody you know, somebody you love, somebody you care about. As As it's clear they're nearing the end of their life, you start looking back, reflecting on your memories with, with them, reflecting on what you learned from them, uh, looking at pictures of your experiences with them. Well, as we get into our reading today, we have to realize we are nearing the end of the life of King David, uh, one of the most monumental figures in the Old Testament and somebody that we have been considering now for quite a while. Uh, We started reading about the life of King David and getting into the Psalms in late April. And here we are now a couple months later in our journey through the Bible in this more chronological order. And for two months now, we've been reading about this same person, uh, reading the historical experiences of his life. But also one of the reasons it's taken us so long is because we've read so much of the book of Psalms, which the the one who wrote the most Psalms that we know of is King David. And so we've spent a lot of time thinking about King David over these last couple months and it's good for us to reflect. And that's even what the Bible does as it gives us this song of deliverance. And we'll look at another psalm today, uh, but we'll look at 2 Samuel 22 today. And if you start reading this and it starts to sound familiar to you, uh, that's because this is basically Psalm 18, which we read early on in the life of David. But God thinks it's so good, you should read it multiple times. And so here it is uh, in 2 Samuel uh, again, and we can reflect on it. And as we do, uh, you know, it really is a, a psalm of deliverance. How the writer here, David, it's about God delivering him from his enemies. And he describes the feelings he would feel that the waves of death encompassed him and the torrents of destruction assailed him, right? He felt like he was wrapped up in the cords of death. He's in distress and he calls to God. And and that's where we need to find comfort. We have seen David in so many tough situations, going all the way back to kind of when we meet him with David and Goliath. And then we see so many situations with King Saul. And then we see battles with him as a king, or even recently, his son is trying to kill him. But time and time again, God delivers. And that's why it says at the beginning, these famous, precious words, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior, you save me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. So, 
as we uh, look at those words, right? Hopefully those are words that you can latch onto, that you can say with David, he is my rock and he is my fortress and he is my deliverer and he has delivered me time and again in my life and I will continue to call on him. And then it paints that picture where David is surrounded, but then it it shows God coming in dramatic fashion, bowing the heavens and coming down, riding on a cherub uh, on the wings of the wind, and he rescues David out of this situation. But there's a couple things I want us to note in this prayer as we reflect on the life of David um, that, that may help us. Uh, One thing that we see here is the importance of humility. Uh, As you look down at verse 28, it says, you save a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down. And, And I think one of the things we should see from David is there was a humility in him throughout his life. And that's where you might go, don't, isn't the first thing we see him challenging a giant? That doesn't really sound humble. No, really it was because he was submitting to God. He was trusting in God. And one thing you should notice as we've looked at the life of David is how often he seeks the Lord, even in battle, he seeks the Lord. And then even in sin, uh, as he is confronted for his sin with Bathsheba, Bathsheba, what does he do? Uh, He repents and confesses immediately. I do think we have seen humility uh, be a a thread throughout the life of King David. And here it says, you save a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down. Uh, That should beg the question of all of us. Well, what kind of person are you? Are you a humble person or are you a haughty person? Are you proud or are you humble? And we say, well, how do I know that? Well, one thing is, how is your prayer life? Are you crying out to God? Are you calling on the Lord who is worthy to be praised and trusting him to save you from your enemies? When trials come into your life, are you getting angry or frustrated or bitter? Or are you seeking the Lord and accepting what he brings into your life? What kind of person are you? We want to be humble people because here it says that those are the kind of people that God saves and that he actually brings down the haughty. Uh, Another thing is David really values his integrity here. He says, the Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. Um, And that's where we know we've clearly seen now David was not perfect. But you see here, even in this psalm, he values his integrity. And even as you look at at this psalm, it speaks of being blameless. You know, it talks about with the blameless man, you show your way to be blameless. But then he also reflects on how God has made him blameless. In verse 33, it says, this God is my strong refuge and has made my way blameless. And part of the stability that David seeks is, I want the stability of integrity. That's going to help me in moments that are difficult in life. And and David has now by the end seen how uh, that can be hurt when we do something that lacks integrity. That can bring consequences that are so painful. And, And that's where another thing is we call out to God to help us. One thing we should value in that and one thing we should even be praying for is, God, keep me blameless. I mean, let let me ask you this question. If you're in a trial and a hard trial, would you rather 
see the trial go away, but you have to compromise your integrity a little bit, or see the trial continue, but hold on to your integrity? Which of those two options would you choose? And that's where we all know what the right answer to that is. Uh, we we want to uh, hold on to our integrity. We, we know that's the right answer. The problem is that's probably not the way that we always feel. Sometimes we feel like, oh, just get me out of this, right? And if I've got to do something or compromise to get out of this, I will. But that's not what uh, David would want to do. That's not what God would want us to do. So those are just a couple of things to note. But read this beautiful psalm, this, these beautiful pictures of deliverance. The other thing I want you to experience is the confidence that comes from this, right? There's a confidence in God. And that leads to a confidence in, in serving this God. Verse 29, for you are my lamp, O Lord, and my God lightens my darkness. For by you, I can run against a troop and by my God, I can leap over a wall. I pray that all of us would know the humility, the integrity, and the confidence that come from this, and that we would reflect back on the life of King David and see the importance of those three things as we consider him. And as we go to Psalm 57, even though we're getting near the end of uh, David's life, this clearly is a psalm that was written much earlier, but a good one to come back to as we reflect on his life, because this... uh, says that it happened when he was in the cave, that he was crying out again for God to be merciful to him. But again, we see the fruit really of that confidence that comes. Uh, We see in verse seven, my heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody, awake my glory, awake, O harp and lyre, I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to your to you among the nations, for your steadfast love is great to the heavens and your faithfulness to the clouds. So in his trust in God, there is a steadiness and a confidence that really anchor him. And I hope you've seen that through David's life as well. So let's reflect on the life of King David as we get near to the end of his life and let us rejoice, uh, but also let us learn. Uh, Let us really learn from his example. Let us learn from these Psalms so that we can rejoice with David as we experience that same kind of confidence and that same kind of blessing. Let's turn now to the New Testament and Galatians 4, where again, he is concerned uh, about them being sucked back into this legalistic way of thinking, uh, that they are going to think, oh, observing these days or these ceremonies, that is what will save me. That is uh, what will make me grow and earn favor with God. And he's saying, no, that's not how it works. Um, He says in Starting in verse 9, he says, But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid I have labored over you in vain. 
right? So they're going back and observing all these rituals and days and months and seasons and things that were clearly, seeing it, what we've read in the book of Acts, not required of Gentile believers, but they're getting sucked into thinking, I need to do these things to be saved, or I have to do these things to be a legit Christian. Uh, when it's not the ceremonies, it's not the rituals, he's going to highlight it is through faith. And that's where we'll really see in chapter five, he is not suggesting by any means that Christians should just go and do whatever they want, right? No, we're going to see, we want to put away the desires of the flesh and put on the fruit of the spirit. That's what we want to see in our lives. But he's really attacking this truly legalistic, this idea of the, just the rituals, the ceremonies, observing these things. That's what saves me. That's what makes me special. That's what makes me holy. And he's saying, no. And, and he goes into this long example where he goes back to Hagar and Sarah, and he's really drawing an analogy from the Old Testament. Say, hey, it's kind of like this. But one thing I want you to notice is the care that Paul has for these people. He loves them. I mean, consider verse 19, my little children for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. He is saying he wants them to be like Christ. And as he labors towards that, uh, he feels like a woman in childbirth. And that's where you women in child that have gone through childbirth uh, might be looking at Paul saying, he's a man. What in the world does he know about that? But then you should also see how strong of an image it is. And that's where I, I think we should be challenged to say, could, could you say that about anybody could you say that you have felt that pain, that anguish, that labor for somebody else's spiritual life? If you haven't, then we need to engage more. We need to care more. We need to pray more. We need to seek to evangelize more. We need to seek to disciple more. That is a way that, that we should feel. And we see that example from the Apostle Paul here. So observe that as you read Galatians uh, chapter 4. And, and we learn a lot from the Apostle Paul. We've learned a lot from the life of King David. I pray that God uses these things to revive our hearts and to form us into people that look like the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.